Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome back. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I'm recording this episode in mid to late February and there's a really good chance that a lot of people who started the year all fired up and all excited with big time New Year's resolutions, they've either fallen off the wagon, that term I hate, or they're just really starting to struggle. And it's interesting, right? It happens every year, and we do it over and over and over and over again, and we hope for a different result. Isn't that what Einstein said the definition of insanity was? Doing the same thing over and over and hoping for a different outcome? Something like that. So why, right? Like, Have we ever stopped and pulled back and asked ourselves, like, why do we do this? Why do we seem to make the same mistakes over and over? Like, What makes sticking to a diet and keeping weight off so hard? What makes weight loss so hard? What's the deal? Why do I keep screwing up over and over? And I see this too. I see this with people that I work with. They're not immune to it, but the difference is, is they have me to help coach them through the rough parts. They have me to help show them what's going on. So that's what I want to try to do with you today. I can't do it on a personal level, of course, because there are thousands of you that listen to this podcast, and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. But I want to try to give you a broad overall idea of what makes sticking to a diet so tough, what makes losing weight and keeping weight off so hard. And part of it is the concept, the reality of self-sabotage. Oh, Corey, you're so right. Self-sabotage. I know. I Oh, I, I do that. And I don't even really know what it is. So let's define it. Behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from doing what you want to do. And then I would add to that or becoming who you want to be or changing your body how you want to change it. Behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from the success that you want. So self-sabotage, if we boil it down, is really basically us screwing ourselves up <laughs> and we don't know why right now from years and years and years of coaching people I've seen all kinds of things and there are some people that I've worked with and know that they can see it or feel it happening some people will even jump in the coaching group and they'll say oh my gosh I just ate XYZ yesterday or I just intentionally skipped my workout today and I have no good reason why like I, I'm I'm sabotaging myself I can I can see it I can feel it but they can't figure out why and they can't figure out how to stop it they're like I don't know why I'm doing this so some people can see it they can feel it other people they might be totally oblivious and they're they self-sabotage again and again and then they wonder why god why is this so hard why why can't I lose weight well it's because you keep screwing yourself up over and over and over again this I've also seen with my group as well. Someone joined my group, uh, let's see, probably close to January, right? When emotions are high and we're ready to do things. And they actually shared, they said, you know, hey, I've always been all or nothing and I've struggled to find balance with food and I'm getting started with everything course teaching and this just feels like the 
man, it's exactly what I need. It's exactly what I need. And I'm so ready for it because I've struggled. I've struggled to find that balance with food and I've, I've always been all or nothing. And then we fast forward five, six, seven weeks (laughs) and they eat, they, they completely fell off the map. And then they emailed saying how busy they are and how life's so crazy. And, and they asked if they could stop. Now, I don't want them to stop, and it has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with them doing exactly what they said they've always done. They said, I've struggled to find balance with food. I've always been all or nothing. Right, and you're doing it again right now. I love you dearly. If this is, if, if, if you experience, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, Corey, that's me too. Look, it's okay. I'm not judging you. I just want to point it out because I don't want you to make the same mistake again. If you struggle to find balance with food, if you are all or nothing, don't drop everything when life gets busy. One of the things I share in the coaching group over and over and over again is, look guys, we we can't be on on or off. We can't be all or nothing. Life is going to be busy. Life is going to throw you curveballs. We have to figure out how to ride the waves of life and stay connected to the process of improving our health of improving our food habits, improving our activity habits, and improving our body, right? We have to figure out how to stay connected to that. Otherwise, guess what? You completely ingrain and you continue to embed into your mind and into your habits that you are all or nothing and that there is no balance with food. Either life is calm and I can do it or life's busy and crazy and I can't do it. And that will never lead you to long-term success. And that is definitely a form of self-sabotage. So some people can see it. Some people can't. They're oblivious. It's okay. Regardless, we can all agree that self-sabotage is real. But why, right? You know, like why, why does it happen? I mean, here's the thing. For some people, it happens as soon as they start getting traction. As soon as someone starts to get a little traction, they're starting to feel better. Boom, something, you know, they intentionally kind of go off the rails. And then they're like, oh, I knew this wasn't going to work. Oh, I knew I couldn't stick to this. But there was, no, there was no catalyst for it. For other people, it happens when life gets busy, like I mentioned earlier, in Newsflash. Like I said, life's always busy. For other people, it happens exactly when they least expect it. Self-sabotage pops in when they're killing it, when they've made amazing progress. And they're like, I'm doing so great. I don't know why I ate that entire pizza last night and night and drank five glasses of wine and finished with a piece of cake, whatever. I don't know why I did that. I didn't even really want it. What's going on with me? So regardless of when it happens or how it happens, or if you can see or feel it coming on, or if you're oblivious, self-sabotage can totally screw you up and leave you feeling discouraged and disheartened. It's real and it happens and it stinks, but why? My friends, look, whenever we're experiencing something that we don't like, we always need to start asking questions. It's time to investigate. Otherwise, we'll never know what the thing, that undesirable thing, like we'll never know why it is happening and why it keeps happening. So let's do that with self-sabotage right now. Let's investigate. Why? Why does it happen? Well, there are a ton of possible reasons that, that you may feel are very specific to you or your situation, but I think when we really boil it down, I think you can look at three big things. There are three things, and I'm going to share all three of those with you right now, and then I'll explain each. You ready? Three reasons that self-sabotage happens. Old is easy, change is hard, and success is is scary. Boy, I almost got (laughs) tongue-tied. Let's say it again. Old is easy, change is hard, and success is 
scary. Now, here we go. Let me explain all three of these, and hopefully they'll make more sense. Number one, old is easy. We all have default behaviors, patterns, patterns of with our behaviors in life, patterns with our thoughts, and we all have habits that are just ingrained, and they are so much easier for us to do than to take a step outside of our comfort zone, to take a step and change things. Defaults, patterns, habits, they're easy. Taking steps to change things, especially when we're already tired, drained, stressed, or overwhelmed from life in general, that mean, that makes change really hard. Guys, don't miss this. Look, it's not just that what's old is easy. What's old is also familiar. And what's familiar is comfortable. And it's what we've always done. And what we've always done is so much easier to just do it again. So what's old is easy. And it's also familiar, which makes it comfortable. And it's what we've always done. And it's so much easy to just do it again the way we've always done it. And that leads us to the next reason that self-sabotage happens. Change is hard. That's why old is easy, because change is hard. And trying to make changes in your life, it gives the bully in your brain every opportunity to step in and stir up doubt and disbelief when you face challenges and struggle to change. It will never happen. It's not going to happen. So just give up now. I mean, you're never going to keep this up. So why even try? Why, Why are you even putting forth this effort now? You know you're a ticking time bomb. You know it's just a matter of time before this all blows up in your face. That's the chatter that a lot of people hear in their heads from the bully in their brain. And it's because change is hard. And whenever we try to do something hard, the doubts start to creep in. And that just gives the bully in our brain fuel, fuel to discourage and discredit and beat us up. But here's the thing. Why is change so hard, right? Like, I get it, Corey. Yes, you're right. Change is hard. And when I try to make changes and I'm not successful, the bully beats me up. But again, when something is hard or when something is not what we want, we have to ask questions. So why is change so hard? Change is hard, my friends, because of patterns and ruts. Patterns and ruts. Your mental patterns and the ruts that of behavior or the ruts of thought. Look, the more often you think a thought it's that much easier to think it again. You form a mental pattern or a mental groove. And the more often you think that thought, the easier it is to think it again and again and again. And it almost just kind of gets ingrained in a, in a groove or a rut into your brain. And it will kind of almost move from thought to belief. It's just a belief I have because I've thought that thought so many times. I've had that thought. It's gone through my mind so many times. So now it's a belief. But it's not just thoughts. It's patterns and ruts with our behaviors. The more often you do an action, (laughs) the more often you take a certain action or you take a certain route in life with your behaviors, the easier it is to take that action again. Like I said earlier, it's what's what's old to you. It's it's old. It's familiar. It's comfortable. It's what I've always done. It's what I'm going to do again because it's easy because I've done it over and over and over again. We, some people experience this when they get a new car or even if it's not a brand new car, just a different car. You are so accustomed to the car you've driven for years and years. You know exactly where everything is, the blinkers, the headlights. You know exactly how everything works. You can reach and grab stuff without looking. And then you get a new car and you're like, wait a minute. This is, I'm excited about this, but this is weird. This is new. 
It's because it's change, right? Like we, it takes a little while. It's not old. It's not familiar. This is new. This is different. I have to form new mental patterns and new behaviors like in relation to this car and where things are. So when we think of patterns and ruts, be it mentally or with our behaviors, I, I, I always like to think of when I was a child and there was, so I lived on the same piece of property that my grandparents lived on, but there was about, I don't know, a half, a half a mile or a third of a mile of forest of woods in between my house and their house. Well, when you're a kid, why, why should you go walk on the road when you've got all of the, that, those fun woods to play in, you know, when you've got the forest. So over time, I kind of carved out a trail through the woods to my grandparents' house. And over time, it got beat down and carved out more and more and more to the point that it really became like a little trail through the woods. Now, if the weather got bad for a while and maybe it was really cold or maybe I just didn't use it, things eventually would start to grow up a little bit, but the trail was always there. And it was so much easier to take that trail, to take that same pattern that to go to my grandparents' house because I had basically ingrained a rut <laughs> through the woods. So it was so much easier to take that than to go off the beaten path. That's how patterns and ruts work. Attempting to change is tough. Change is hard. But as I said before, it gives the bully in your brain every opportunity to step in. And one of the ways the bully will step in is with the next reason that self-sabotage is so prevalent. The next reason that self-sabotage happens. And that is that success is scary. Now, this may seem really odd to you. You may think I'm crazy. Like, what? Court success is scary? No, success isn't scary. Success is exactly what I want. Like, how could, su how could success be scary? We want to be successful, right? I mean, how can the very thing we're trying so hard to accomplish actually scare us? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> success communicates two things in our heads. So whenever you start to experience success on some level... There are two things that are communicated to you, whether you realize it or not. One is that, hey, if you want to keep being successful, you'll have to keep doing whatever you've been doing that brought you this success in the first place. Oh, you've been doing keto? You've not been eating any carbs? Okay, get ready to never have carbs again <laughs> because that's what helped you lose the weight in the first place. That's what's communicated in your brain. And then there's a slightly different, maybe even scarier version of this and that's, you know what, if I keep doing this, if I keep doing this diet, if I keep doing this workout program, sure, I've, I've achieved some success, but I'm eventually going to have to do even more. <gasps> like, it doesn't just stop here. I, I, I not only have to keep doing this stuff, I have to, I'll eventually have to do more. And that's really scary. The second thing that success communicates to us is, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, being successful, changing my body, and I don't know how to be this new person. I don't know how to handle this success. Like, as I lose weight, people are looking at me differently. People are talking to me differently. Um, what are my friends thinking about this? What is, what is my family thinking? Uh, it just feels weird. I don't know how to be this new person. Look, whether you realize it or not, you're probably super scared of the very thing that you say you really want. You're probably super scared of have actually having and living in the body that you say you want. For a lot of people who want to lose weight, 
they functioned and existed for the majority of their life as a certain identity. The loving, caring mom who's always there for everyone. Kind of a bigger lady, you know, who's always carried some extra weight. But she's so sweet and loving and caring. Or, you know, that chubby guy who's hilarious. Oh my gosh, he's so much fun to hang out with. But he's kind of chubby. Or the really sweet girl who's, you know, man, she's got so many friends and people love her. But she's kind of big-boned. That's one that someone in my group recently shared. They were like, oh, Corey, yes, big-boned. My whole life I've been called big-boned. Big-boned, chubby, bigger lady, bigger guy. Hey, big guy. All of those identities. We kind of don't even realize it, but we accept those identities, and that's how we function and exist in the world. Now, here's the thing. You may think, "Eh, I don't know, Corey, like, if I lost weight, it'd be amazing. I would not mind at all not being the chubby guy anymore or the big bone girl. Okay, this may be tough for you to see with yourself, so just do this. Try to imagine a skinny Chris Farley. <laughs> Try to imagine an overweight Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie. Try to imagine a super fit Melissa McCarthy. Like, guys, whether we realize it or not, we kind of take on a certain identity, and it is related to our body. And I'm not saying it's right, it's just what happens. We learn to function in society, and especially in our local community and social circles, as a certain type of person, almost like a certain character. And when that changes, it feels weird. And adjusting to that change can be almost scary. I don't know how to be the skinny girl. A client of mine actually told me that. She was like, she lost over 100 pounds, and she was like, You know, I'm still, these are her words, not mine. She was like, I'm still that fat girl inside. And she's like, you know, I don't know how to be this skinny girl. And she had lost 100 pounds and kept it off for months and months and months. Or maybe I don't know how to be the fit guy. Like, I like to work out now. And, you know, somebody even mentioned it the other day. They patted me on my shoulder and they're like, oh, man, you're in good shape. I don't know how to deal with that. It seems weird to me. Here's the Here's the crazy part about all this, guys. See, all those small changes that you're making or you want to make with your food and exercise, it will manifest with a big change in your appearance. And that's the ultimate goal, right? And then that's scary. All the small changes lead to a big change, and it's scary because, pay attention, follow me here. I'm going to bring this all together. Changing your body, losing weight is hard because... Success, the very thing we want, can be scary because change is hard. (laughs) It's uncomfortable and it's scary. And not just the small changes, but the big change of you starting to look different, starting to be maybe perceived differently, starting to feel different. And all of that just causes us to crave something familiar. So we return to what's old and what's comfortable. And there you have it. The self-sabotage cycle. Sadly, this is what so many people experience again and again. But there are a couple of other elements to self-sabotage that I definitely want to touch on before I wrap this episode up. First is that when the approach someone's using isn't realistic or long-term, you might as well sign on the dotted line of (laughs) self-sabotage. Guys, it's too hard. So truth be told, you or they or whoever, they're probably looking for a way out. Because it's just too hard. It's not realistic. And this is why it's so important to find a weight loss solution 
to find an overall approach to weight loss that is doable and sustainable. Because if it's not, you probably are a self-sabotage ticking time bomb. And then the second thing that also can drive self-sabotage is lack of belief. You guys know I talk about that a lot on this podcast, but I want to talk about it specifically in relation to self-sabotage. And ironically, the thing that often drives the lack of belief is repeated self-sabotage. Try and fail. Try and fail. Get really motivated. Try again and fail. Again and again and again and again. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's what so many people do every January, right? I'm going to get all fired up. Oh, this is going to be different. Whole 30 is going to be different for me. Oh, this weight loss challenge is going to be different for me. Oh, keto is going to be different. Oh, intermittent fasting. This time it's going to be different. Try and fail, try and fail, try and fail. And then here's the really crappy part. Before you know it, that's your new default. You've ingrained a mental and behavioral pattern. (laughs) So even if you're experiencing success, like short term, there's a part of you that's just waiting for it all to crumble. Old is easy. And sadly, for many people, their old ingrained default pattern is to try and fail. I know I'm eventually going to screw this up. Because I always do. So, what should you do? I don't want to leave you hanging. What should you do? I've got three little tips for you. Three little, three little things that could maybe make a big difference for you. Number one, most importantly, be sure if you want to lose weight, be sure to choose a weight loss approach that is doable and sustainable long term. Well, Corey, how do I know what's doable and sustainable long term? All of the diet industry, all those people advertising things, they make it seem that way. Okay, just ask yourself, can I see myself doing some version of this three months from now or six months from now? And if you can't, then don't ever start it. (laughs) Don't ever start it because it's not doable and sustainable for you long term. That's number one. Next up, number two, know, like know and understand that number one, old is easy. Change is hard and success can feel scary. And you might say, well, thanks, Corey. That's exactly what you just told us in this podcast. But knowing is half the battle. I don't know if there's anyone out there (laughs) around my age bracket. When I grew up, I watched the G.I. Joe cartoons that were on TV at the time. And I loved them. I loved the G.I. Joe cartoons. And at the end of the cartoon, all the G.I. Joes would kind of pump their fist in the air and they would say, remember, knowing is half the battle. Guys, knowing is maybe more than half the battle, because if you don't know, you can't do anything about it. Knowing awareness, having that sense of awareness allows you to see it, to see the problem and to fight it. So just knowing that, wait a minute, Corey, Corey told me this makes sense. Old is easy. Okay. Yeah. That's comfortable. and That's familiar. So that's going to feel easy, but it's not going to bring what I want. And change is going to seem hard, but I know I can form a new pattern. So, okay. It's going to seem hard at first, but it'll get easier. And then success, you know, even though it seems crazy to me, like I need to be ready for it to feel kind of scary or weird. Just knowing those things will help you so much as you move forward with any weight loss process. And then the third and final thing that I want to share with you is to realize and embrace that you're still the same wonderful you, whether you're big boned, overweight, chubby, or slender, or fit, or anything in between. Who you are is not determined by your flesh clothes. (laughs) How you like that? I just made that up. Your flesh clothes, your body, your weight. Who you are is not determined by that. Who you are is so much more than that. 
and your friends and family, they love you and will continue to love you and want to spend time with you regardless because you're you. And as corny as it sounds, there's only one you. And it doesn't matter if you weigh 130 or 230 or 180 or 350. It doesn't matter. You are you. And your family and friends will love you regardless. So maybe that takes a little bit of the scariness away. Okay, friends, I appreciate your time. I so enjoyed spending part of today with you. Now, I have a special request. And you can pick from one of two things. Number one, if you love this podcast, would you tell someone about it? It would make my day. Post it on your social media or send them a link to this episode if you think it would be helpful for them. But just tell someone. Like I said, I would be absolutely honored by that. That's your first choice. Or number two, if you like this podcast and you haven't already, man, I would love it if you would take two minutes to post a review. You can post a review on Apple iTunes or I think maybe some other podcast platforms have it as well. Or if you want to, you could jump onto my Facebook page, Corey Little Coaching on Facebook, and you could post a review there. Guys, we live in a world that runs off of reviews. And every review that you guys post, every, well, let me say every positive review. (laughs) Fortunately, there are very, very few um, negative reviews. But every positive review that's posted is just really wonderful and really helpful for this podcast. So thank you so much for taking action with one of those two. Now, turn the volume up and hear the truth as we sign off here. You, my friend, are so much more than a number. So don't let the scales dictate your emotions or dominate your headspace. No, no, no. Maybe it's time to, instead of stepping on the scales, to step away. And remember that losing weight, it's awesome. I love it. But losing weight is all about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted and doing the things you've always wanted to do. And you may have tried and failed and tried and failed a lot in the past, and you may be struggling with belief. That's okay. I got your back. You can borrow my belief. You keep listening. You keep coming back. I'll keep working on you, and we will get you there. Sound good? Okay, good. Take care, guys. God bless. Bye-bye.